everyone. Welcome to a very, very special episode of Gale Boys. As once again, we are joined by one of my favorite people to have on this show, Snell. And joined with him is Jordan. Would you like to say hello? Glad to be yeah, back. This, uh, yeah, the, the reason why we um, brought Snell back on is um, you can probably tell from the title this isn't a Christmas episode like we promised to last time. And that's literally because... Literally 24 hours after we did the Kevin Spacey episode, Henry fucking Kissinger died, which is a recurring thread for this podcast of new stories breaking like like an hour after we finish. I, I love that's kind of half the fun of this is that like I'll literally do a new segment, I'll get all my notes together, and then I have to throw all that shit out because this national, literal international shit breaks out. But uh, yeah, this is um, this is the fuck Henry Kissinger special. Uh, and we have Snell today to talk about Oliver Stone once again. This is our Nixon episode starring Anthony Hopkins and just one of the weirdest movies I think I've ever seen oh, yeah. from a major studio. This is because I decided I didn't know there was a director's cut until Jordan told me. So I found it and watched it. And uh, <laughs> whoa. Wow. And we'll get to it when we get to it. But let's get to the deuce. <laughs> Go f yourself. Uh, this is old news, but I, 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 my mind was blown when I saw this. So once again, we did an episode talk about Elon Musk going to Israel after posting some fucked up shit. Second time he's done that, by the huh. way. So third time's the charm. And literally, uh, he the day after he goes to this conference and has I don't even know how to describe it. I would call this like a psychotic break, almost like he just had this. He had that moment some people do where it's just like, fuck it, fuck it. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to, he had like the Michael Douglas from falling down. Moment. I was about to say falling down, Michael Douglas. <laughs> he literally has like, he's sitting in his car. He just gets the fuck out and the rest of the rest fucking follows. It's the psychological profile that I, I, like, I'm not a psychologist, but you can, you can see there's something wrong here where but oh, this, absolutely. the scene that I love was when he's talking about like, what this advertising boycott is uh, is, is going to do, it's, it's going to kill the company. And you think that the I, I, but, And the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But there are, those advertisers, I imagine, are going to say, they're going to say, we didn't kill the company. Oh, yeah? They're going to say... Tell it to, tell it to Earth. But they're going to say that, they're going to say, Elon, that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform, right? That's, see, that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. And then the guy's like, so you're telling me like hundreds of millions of people will cancel Disney Plus because you won't let them advertise. And he's like, they already are. <laughs> like, 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 he, like he seems to think that all of these sycophants who fucking follow him are like the majority of the population, which is... Not healthy. This well, is this is frightening yeah. behavior. He's, this is... he's fucking brainwashed himself into thinking that like, oh, I have a uh, hundred million Twitter followers, oh, but right. he doesn't realize half those are bots. He, oh, he doesn't realize that like not that many people actually use Twitter on a regular basis. So yeah, anymore. like Russia just thinking. Well, no, I mean, no, 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 you never really see. Uh, I was actually, you know, I was watching Rick and Morty, you know, ironically, and I saw the. The Elon Tusk bit, right? And, oh, Jesus. you know, it's insane to me that he, he already could have cultivated this, um, th you know, this persona of, of being this fucking genius, even though he's a complete dipshit, uh, which everyone knows now. And 
you know, he's publicly gone off the deep end just in so many ways. It, it's like difficult to imagine the previous 10 years when like, I mean, we can be honest with ourselves and say, I didn't have a fucking opinion of Elon Musk, really. You know, like it was like, oh, yeah, electric cars, that's, uh, you know, whatever. No one cared. No one gave a shit about the apartheid emerald mines or anything before. You know, he's so publicly just committed to absolutely destroying any credibility that he might have. He's a weird, like, semi-mentally unstable, just fucking jackass. And he is physically, he swallowed his own bullshit to such a degree that he just cannot stop anymore. And it's, it's sad. You know, I mean, like, the guy's obviously fucking disgusting, yeah, whatever. Well, That's fucking sad, this behind the scenes of, like, if, if Musk just stayed in his lane... Yeah, if he just stayed just like right. the king of bed who would appear on like the Simpsons and shit, he would have been fine. He yeah, would have been the fucking richest man in the world. Everyone would have fucking loved him, but no, he just he just couldn't fucking help himself. Well, he just he, had to buy no. Twitter for fucking like what was it, forty four billion dollars? Forty four billion, yeah. Just it down insane. To eight. Well, I, masterful gambit, sir. <laughs> I think of it as like uh, this is a special kind of hell to live in, though. You have to think about this. This is a guy yeah. who. When Britney Spears shaved her head, her family went to her and said, we need to lock you up. You need to detox. You need to go to a hospital. You're fucking having... <laughs> no, but like, you know, and if you're like him, you, your children don't want anything to do with you. Your yeah. wife, your own father thinks you're a piece of shit. And all your friends are just these sycophants online. You don't know anything about them. And every time you tweet, you know, fuck Disney, they're like, King Elon, kiss my ass. <laughs> like... This is a special kind of hell. No one cares about him, and he's flaming yeah, out yeah. publicly. Oh. And I don't even imagine how this ends. Because, like I said, you you know, if you watch a crime, falling down Michael Douglas. Well, if you, have, you watch a crime documentary, it's like that. But this guy has yeah, yeah, billions yeah. of dollars, which you know, Michael Douglas didn't have billions of dollars. He had to get all oh. those guns off the street. No, he can hunt people if he wants. Like, he let the overvaluation of that Tesla stock just go to his head, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, not even like really the richest guy, you know. It, it, yeah, it, it's because of overvalued Tesla stock. Like, yeah, fucking on paper he's the richest, but like he he owns what fucking some overvalued Tesla stock, SpaceX, uh, and some like that. some like defense contracts. But yeah. that's uh, doesn't he really have like liquid assets? No, he's, he's just fucking. He's a hype man. He's fucking. He's the monorail guy from the fucking Simpsons. That's exactly. I, what I think he, he is. realized that Reddit isn't real life, and it's, it's starting to kill him. I mean, if he was running for president of Reddit, I think he would already be the incumbent, right? He's the Trump. Oh. Yeah, he's like the Trump of Reddit. He just grabs yeah. the hearts. Well, you know, you say that he's so addicted online. The, the line that gets me is when he says, GFY. If, if you believe that this is the one part of your business where you will be beholden to those who uh, have this view, G what do you do? GFY. I, I understand that, but there's a reality too, <laughs> right? He thinks he's posting. He, he's yeah. so fucking mentally fried. Yeah. His brain is so fried from whatever yeah. drug. I think you know a lot of people. Ketamine. He does ketamine frequently. Yeah, well, I think there's my there has to be something else here because I. Oh, obviously. I, I uh, uh, Grimes talked about um, or uh, uh, Azalea Banks. Um, oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, said that um. Him and Grimes, well, the Grimes was like smoking meth, and that, I, how much of that is Azalea Banks just being Azalea Banks? I don't know, but 
like, come on, let's we, think about this. This is like, definitely meth head behavior, though. I yeah, hate to yeah. say it. As someone well, I, I mean, it's not that so much that he would be on meth, just that he's done it. And doing it will fry your fucking brain. Yeah. And, like, Molly and meth, I, I don't know the actual chemical name, but the MA and MDMA stands for methamphetamine. It's easy to do meth when you think you're doing Molly. And I could just see him as... Uh, one of those ecstasy guys, right? Like, you could probably have picked that habit up in the 90s and just oh, continued. Well, if you're rich, you're surrounded by yeah. drugs. I mean, how many fucking, how many celebrities are fucking cokeheads? Like, how many, hey. of them, how many of them die from overdoses in their own home or hotel rooms? This is not a poor man's problem. This is, this is something that only gets affected if you're surrounded by people yeah. who are rich as fuck and have yeah. access to this shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah, it's like when fucking uh, Trump got COVID and he got access to like the experimental fucking <laughs> and stuff. I, I love, I love the, the reverse heart attack gun. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> they gave him the undo the heart attack gun. We're, we're gonna give him some experimental shit we've never tested on. It'll kill him or turn him into the Hulk. Let's find out. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, because I remember hearing about that. I re I w I watched it live when he got airlifted to. Um, what was it? Um, I was so fucking funny. Walter, uh, Walter Reed, and I was just yeah. like, he could die. Like, I don't think people took that as serious. Like, I know it was ridiculous because it's Trump, but there is a possibility in an alternate universe the president dies before the election happens. Oh, definitely. Everything that, that, we took that very serious over here. That was one yeah. of the... Everyone I know is just like, holy shit, dude. He's gonna die for, like, a day. It was surreal. It, it, and, I mean, this is, like, the Cincinnati area type shit. Like, this is, you know... You know where I'm at. I obviously wasn't, you know, going around the country on that day, but um, I talked to a lot of people, and you know, they're all like, "Holy shit, dude, he might fucking die!" And, and you know, because I was working at this time, you know what I mean? I, during COVID, I worked. I, I, pool guys are apparently essential. Um, I don't know how that cracks out, but so I, you know, I was talking to a lot of people, and that that was uh, like even some of my more liberal coworkers were like, "I really hope he does." I, you know, this COVID is all. It was just, it was a surreal moment. No, no, no the, 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 the fucking liberals have been hyping him up as the next hit worth. They're like, yeah, I hope he doesn't die. You know, right. fuck me, man. Well, they, I mean, you know, I actually, my mom, she was saying, you know, it would be fucking funny if he died, but, uh, <laughs> like, she said, I hope, well, I mean, like, because he's done so many crimes, I hope he lives so that they could prosecute him and i was like oh come on oh come on that, that, that's god prosecuting him for his crime the idea that really, donald, i guess he was found innocent so the idea that yeah, donald but... trump will ever be prosecuted for because it's so funny i see all these people talking about the georgia trial will be the trial so he's not going to prison he's almost no. fucking 80 goddamn years old they're not going to send an 80 year old man who at this point i don't know if you've seen some recent videos of him he's He's not doing. I, I feel like the the pussy and coke has finally reached a boiling point. I ended the NAFTA disaster, the worst trade deal ever made, and replaced it with a brand new USMCA, the best trade deal ever made. They all say a giant win for farmers and manufacturers, Mexico and Canada. Canada. He looks like wet and dry at the same time. He's like a fucking <laughs> like, hunk of meat that's been left out too long. It's. It's insane, man. It's, uh... We used to uh, we used to have a theory. I think this was like almost a year ago that he had syphilis. Like, mm. like he's like Al Capone near the end of his life. He just had syphilis and just lost his. I want a version of that shitty Capone movie from a few years ago, but it's Donald Trump. 
instead of Al Capone, where he's just well, like, you're not talking about the De Niro one, are you? No, I'm talking about the the, I'm talking about the Tom Hardy one, where it's just a oh psych- right, it's right, just right. a psychological horror film with a rich guy hallucinating like scary Louis Armstrong. I want that with Trump, but it's like Tucker Carlson. This should be Oliver Stone's last movie. Like we've had uh, JFK, we've had Nixon, we've had W. Trump should be the last one. You know, I was, no, I, no. I, was I was thinking about this recently. Uh, can't do a Trump movie. Like because no. Oh God, no. Trump is like this is nothing to do with politics. He is not relatable in any way to a normal no. human being. He would have to be like an eldritch force. Like you'd have to do a movie about like Rudy Giuliani's fall from grace, and you never see Donald Trump in person. Maybe you get a few phone calls, but you would never actually see him because he is so not yeah. relatable as a human being. Like you'd have to find. Well, him. I mean, who's going to play him? I mean, the best that SNL could do, and I mean, SNL is SNL, right? But just the the, the logistics of making that movie, I feel like it it just wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the same, no. you know. Like, but I think the Giuliani thing is a good movie. You should, you know, you well, should. Yeah, just, this, just, this, this, just this idea of this man just drinking this own Kool-Aid, and by the time he finds out it's too late, he's going to prison because he's the one who's <laughs> going to end up going to prison for everything in Georgia. Oh yeah, he's he's going. They're too, he's going the Ollie North way. He's going to prison. Yeah, Oliver North. He's going to prison for all that shit. I- I do like the idea of uh, James Biz playing Bob Holderman to Rudy Giuliani in the space yeah. of like five years. That's such a perfect. <laughs> oh, but speaking of him. which, um, before we get to the meat of today's episode, because it's gonna, uh, I want to bring this story up now. I don't like to get personal on this program, but this story broke last night, and I sent this to Jordan. I'm like, guys, this is. Uh, I don't know if this will lead to much, but this is fucking wild. So. Uh, one of the things I love about living in Canada is when we have a like serial killer, uh, oh. we really bring the thunder. We did our cruising episode how the guy who was involved with the village killings here in Toronto was definitely inspired by that movie. Um, it's Paul. His name is uh, Bruce McCarthy. You can look it up because this guy might have one of the biggest body counts in the history of crime in general. Kenneth Law. Now, he is a 57-year-old cook from toronto he was a chef at the fairmont here which is a very high it's like a five-star hotel here if you look up the fairmont toronto it's like an old building oh old, yeah i've heard of that yeah, old money hotel uh yeah. around around uh may of last of this year he was arrested for selling um so what happened was someone killed themselves with sodium nitrate if you don't know sodium nitrate is something that chefs use to cure meat but mm. it could be poisonous if you eat it uh, in mm. large quantities. And so he's a chef. He could get his hands on this shit. So he's arrested for that. He posts bond. He's out. Around a couple months ago, this was never made public, he's rearrested. Mm. And the reason for that is he is facing, in Toronto alone, 28 counts of second-degree murder and assistance of suicide. Damn. And, and one of the things... <laughs> that, that they brought up on this was he had been he mailed over 1200 packages to 40 countries of the shit holy shit yeah, yeah including the uh, the countries of uh 
All oh, three of us. Cool horse. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. According to Britain's National Crime Agency Friday, 232 people ordered products to the UK in a two-year period, and 88 of those customers died. The agency's director said Canadian police would not be criminally investigating British deaths. So, in consultation with the Crown Prosecution Service, the NCA has taken the decision to conduct an investigation into potential criminal offences committed in the UK. This operation is underway. Among those deaths, Imogen Nunn, a 25-year-old known as Deaf Immy to 710,000 TikTok followers who saw her videos about being yeah, deaf. She died on New Year's Day. It's just shocking. Just devastating. Her mom, Louise, said she only found out about the connection to law in June. On a list um, that they'd found on a computer belonging to Kenneth Law. The UK figures bring the total deaths allegedly linked to Kenneth Law's products by authorities or by media worldwide to at least 101, including eight in Canada, according to tracking by CTV News. Many in their 20s, the youngest was 17-year-old Anthony Jones in Michigan. The earliest known death was in February 2021, a 21-year-old named Jaden from BC. Law has denied the charges and says he's not responsible for what people do with his products. His website, hosted by Canadian tech company Shopify, which has said Law didn't follow its terms of service and it took down the website when some deaths became public, too late for some. Uh, if we were talking about a high street shop, it would be shut down immediately and the owners arrested. God I guarantee my consumers have killed more of each other. This so. is going to be a huge thing when this eventually gets taken, because I know in the UK right now, we're, um, well, you're not from the UK, but... Uh, in that general vicinity where Jordan is, he's. I, I I don't like to think that I'm in the UK right now. I'm I'm in my I'm, 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 I'm my head space. I'm somewhere totally different from uh, where I am right now. Apparently, he's looking. There might be 88 deaths that he might be related to with his products. He, he, this guy, th this is going to break national internationally because like FBI's involved, the British government's involved, fucking New Zealand's involved. They found a guy from New Zealand who had contact with him, but like. Oh, he's fucked. Oh, he, he, he's getting life in prison. Like, I, sure. I, in this country, we're pretty, like, slap on the wrist. Like, yeah, you killed that person, but you're okay. The, when you have international pressure, this guy's going away forever. I, I, Canada probably wouldn't extradite him if, if the U.S. was going to execute well, for, him. If, if he's getting no, life, um... he's like 57. He's not got long. Like, if, especially if he yeah. goes to prison. 57? Like, yeah, you, you, you got a while. That's at least 40. Not 40, but that's at least 20 years in prison, you know? Oh, he's pretty... getting, yeah, he's getting more than that. But I mean, realistically, like you're not only gonna live another probably twenty. 30 well, if years. you go to prison, you'll be dead in twenty, guaranteed. Like they don't, yeah. get, they don't get good health care in prison. Let's <laughs> just say. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, what your know specialized what the, uh... medicine doesn't extend to prisoners? Does your Canadian <laughs> compassion have a limit? I blame Justin Trudeau for this bullshit. As I <laughs> Fuck him. I don't know what your uh, like extra uh, extradition treaties for the United States are, but I know certain countries like France won't extradite people to the US because they having the fucking death penalty over yeah. there. I'll like, tell you. That's okay. the reason why fucking Polanski is uh, still in yeah. France. He, yeah. he doesn't. He's not looking at the death. Not that I know of. He's yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just the fact that like the US is one of five countries that still has it. It's like yeah, yeah we're we're not sending guys over I, there. I believe don't we uh, or no Trump ended the federal moratorium on the death penalty. I believe so. Uh, yeah, executions have been taking place. I've been. I've been... I, I have mixed feelings on the death penalty because on the one hand, you know, you read how many innocent people have been killed by false convictions or. Fucking yeah. up, but there are guys Absolutely. on death row. You read what they did, and you know they did it. You're like, 
We could well, kill I mean, him today and I would feel nothing. Fuck this man. It's it's a bit preachy, but you know it doesn't make it better. Look, I'm just you saying know, when, when when killing a man does not ever no. ever ever but, save a life. But but when when Ted Bundy got sent to the electric chair, would you feel bad yeah. for Ted Bundy? Well, I mean, you you should. Having compassion for those that are indefinitely in every way worse than you and are and it's not like like these people are sick they're fucking disgusting monsters but they're they are not ontologically disgusting monsters they're ontologically people and so our compassion for people is meaningless if we absolutely disregard it at the um at the first sign of something that is permissible to disregard it for you know because when you when you when you put up these the only way to absolutely and uh, 100% keep that is to always have compassion in your heart for people and and war is you know obviously i believe in people's war and everything that that entails but i will never applaud murder by the government for a crime no it's wrong it, you know because you can't do it without accidentally getting it. You can't. It's impossible. You know, if you're going yes. to resume mass executions, yeah. then you it's, will kill innocent. So the death penalty is also kind of redundant because, like Jeffrey Dahmer got got in prison by some psycho. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, yeah, well, yeah it, it's I mean, you could always regardless. throw a psycho in Gen Pop and just for a day. Well, it, it's like gravity. You know, if yeah. you shit into the air, it, it will come down on you. So. I mean, yeah, if, if you die in prison, that's one thing. But if, like, George W. Bush, who has, like, the highest fucking execution rate of any president, does it, it's like, yeah, there's um Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter if it's, like, Ted Bundy or something. It's yeah, like, yeah, this, majority, is, this is questionable. The majority here. of those people that were put on, like, to death were, like... They were mentally ill. They were mentally oh, they, Ill. they were fucking, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Most of them were just... They shot and killed a cop due to a drug bust. Like no actual like I'm talking yeah. about like the vile vile. He didn't even. Well, touch and I mean that, even, right? yeah, but even then, you know, it's a sort of meaningless posturing to a masculine ideal of like violence is retribution for violence, and that kind of thing is. It's like yeah, these people are bad, but I don't know. It's if you've ever made a man bleed, and I mean like really bleed. Even for something that he might have deserved, then you can see that there's no justice. No, it no, makes you feel no. good, and that's what's bad. It gets it, it, it. It's a sort of mass psychosis high that we get, pretending that we are the benevolent protectors of the weak, yeah. when in fact, the United States fucking government and every other capitalistic or really even otherwise government are not moral arbiters of divine retribution. I, that yeah. alone. I, I would argue myself that that, that right rests with God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're oh, about yeah. to you get know, into it, but fucking Richard Nixon killed like three million people. Right. He, he, he right. just like bombed fucking like the entire like of Indochina into oblivion. Maybe uh, the death penalty should be um, refought here. A fucking Henry Kissinger's like, yeah, just uh, Mr. Yeah. President, I think we should uh, kill uh, all the Chinese I mean, people. Throw them, throwing them in a rat-infested hole. I mean, look, I'm not saying that they gotta be in fucking uh, jails like you guys have. I'm saying I'm talking jails worse than we have. 
I'm talking yeah. fucking like, like Venezuela, don't... La Culebra. No, I agree. That's... I, I don't. I don't think we should kill them. But like, you know, it's my emotional thing. That's why I said. Oh that. yeah. It's like because there are people in my country, and I know, and especially um, in the UK as well, or yeah. where Jordan lives, where you have these guys. They live cushy, like fucking Paul Bernardo is yeah. a, a child murderer can order fucking pizza. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. Like fuck off. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that is the thing of this is purely emotional, like that fucking grinder killer that killed four teenage boys. It's like when I first read that, it's like, yeah, he should die. He should be like put to death right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the thing. I mean, violence is a very uh, visceral thing, and it affects people viscerally. I mean, you you watch a fucking movie where people get shot, you're like, (gasps) you gasp. Oh, I hope they get that guy. You know. Well, my favorite thing, and just before, just to before we transition, uh, my favorite thing is when I watch a movie with my family, and people get shot, stabbed, raped. They kill a dog. Oh my god, they can't handle it. They gotta Mm. walk out the fucking room and shit. (laughs) <laughs> that's my favorite yeah. fucking oh. thing like because i i not the dog like like yeah, my, just, mom, my mom can't watch john wick because of that scene i'm like you realize yeah. he like murders all of new york for that thing right there's no, a reason well, for this being here well dogs are like the ultimate outsiders looking in it's like fucking independence day when the dog like <laughs> naturally avoids the giant uh, death flowers yeah, yeah, like, oh. millions <laughs> of people eviscerated but the dog escaped that's all right <laughs> we could lose yeah. all these you know you know they i mean they're they're new yorkers and you know they're the most like they they deal with the thousands of screaming fucking oh yeah no it's a fucking forest i'm not, i'm gonna stick up for the fucking cabbies here and say go back to your fucking country <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> Uh, Go back to where you're from. We don't want you here. I'm just kidding. We, we, we <laughs> America love tourists. You know, they're great. Dip, 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 uh, uh, they're dip, good for a quick buck. Unless you're from Texas or Florida, in which case, nope. Oh, fuck well, they're not from America, so. <laughs> no, no, no. Fucking um, Nixon goes into this about how oh, yeah. fucking like Florida is just completely captured by like ex-Cubans, by, by fucking gazanos. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, I, you know, I honestly think we should give. You know, I, I think we should talk concessions with Cuba. I think we need we, we need to Florida give them. To Cuba. Fuck we yeah. need to give them yeah. one uh, one hundred million Cubans. They they need new cars. They've been driving those Hudsons for like sixty fucking years. Give them. A, oh yeah. Give them some Toyota trucks or something. You know, compromise. Hell yeah. I feel like oh, hell yeah. I feel like if Nixon was still alive, he'd be like, yeah, just give Florida to Cuba. This is this is triangular diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> Diplomacy. <laughs> that, that scene is so fucking good because it's like, would be like, yeah, yes, yeah, uh, uh, I can't do it. I can't do a Kissinger, but he would, he would uh, totally agree. Now, if we stick it out, we'll end up negotiating separately with both the Chinese and the Soviets, and we'd get better deals than we ever dreamed of from both. But that is triangular diplomacy, gentlemen. Exactly, Mr. President. That's what geopolitics is about. The linking of the whole world. Without risk, there's no heroism, there's no history. Nixon was born to do this. Give history a nudge. Come on. I mean, if Cambodia doesn't work, we'll bomb Hanoi if we have to. That's right, and if necessary, I'll drop the big one. Uh, Kissinger dying. It is kind of insane that he managed to live to be like a hundred. Like, what the hell was up with his fucking diet? Like, what what was he doing? Like, uh, something right. I have a firm belief: um, the good die young, and assholes live forever. Because how many? What like think about how many legendary figures, how many inspirational figures 
died and Henry Kissinger was still alive when it happened. How much fucking shit has happened in his life? And he was just sitting there eating sausage, getting a yes. job, talking shit, like flicking his weird fucking, nipple-licking finger. It's the fucking Anthony Bourdain thing. Of once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never want to look look at fucking Henry Kissinger the same way again. Mountain of misery he dropped in that country. Yeah, yeah. Well, All right, the most so, bombed country in the world. Yeah. Yep. So speaking of um, speaking of all that, uh, today our our little episode today is on we're going to talk about Oliver Stone's Nixon biopic from 1995, which uh, we were going to do this um, with Secret Honor, right? Because we did Secret Honor, we were going to do a double bill, and then just shit happened, personal stuff. But we're finally here to do it, and I'm so happy that we waited to do this now that Kissinger is fucking dead. I do like that fucking uh, Jimmy Carter that lives in the fucking literal yeah. peanut farm. Yeah. <laughs> he killed his wife before he left, though. That was the fuck you moment. <laughs> I, I feel like Kissinger, I have the same feeling of Kissinger as I do with Queen Elizabeth, where, like, he's like a Highlander. Where you you he'll kill people he's fighting with and he'll get their lifespan. You know, like with the queen, she killed Diana. She gets an extra twenty years. Kissinger just did that for like fifty years, would just slowly kill people. <laughs> and yeah, he's just been offing fucking presidents life right in center. Oh, how much you want to bet? He, he's definitely involved in JFK. I firmly believe there was something involved with that. Because well, well, you've I got that the... fucking you've got that line of dialogue in the director's cut when um. Nixon is talking to Dick Helms, played by the uh, the wonderful Sam Waterston. I'm interested in those documents that put your people together with the gangster elements. All the documents. President Kennedy threatened to smash the CIA into a thousand pieces. You could do the same. I'm not Jack Kennedy. Uh, your agency is secure. Not if I give you all the cards. You must be familiar with my favorite poem by Yeats, The Second Coming. Black Irish, very moving. Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. And everywhere the ceremony of innocence is lost. The best lack all conviction. And the worst are full of passionate intensity. But it ends so beautifully ominous. What rough beast it's our come round at last. Slouches toward Bethlehem to be born. Yes. Okay. No meant to know okay. about that. This this scene is not in the theatrical coverage of the version I saw when we were prepping originally, so I finally got to watch the director's cut. It's three and a half fucking hours long, by the way. Which is Jeez. long. It's this is but this there's a reason I don't care that it's so long. Excuse me, because we'll get into it, but that's Sam Watterson scene where the music is swelling. It's like horror music is playing and he's talking all this insane shit, like saying stuff, but not saying it very cryptically. It's it's awesome because we'll get into this. One of the things I love about you guys touched a bit of this when you did JFK, but 
I have a theory of why, like, JFK is like, say what you want, it's crazy, it's nutty, but it, it, it's coherently put together. Oh, yeah. This is just like a fucking dream sequence of... of it like, is. Like, it's fucking crazy. And I have, I think I know why this movie's structured like this. I was talking to Jordan off mic when we were prepping this. Uh, right before this, he wrapped Natural Born Killers, Oliver Stone did. Oh, yeah. Now, if you know anything about the production of that movie, he lost his fucking mind. Oh, yeah. I was telling him, so if you don't know anything about the production of that movie, he shot it on, like, multiple different formats. 35 film, black and white, 16 millimeter, 8 millimeter, early digital, fucking animation at one point. Really? And the amount of time it took to put that movie together. And I've never had anything like it. We would sit there on a set and we would go, I'd go Super 8, he'd go no, 35, we'd flip a coin. Mm. And, you know, you'd make, and you'd start shooting, you'd go, oh, wait, 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 we've got to get at least this part in the 35. We, this one line, gotta be, we've got to get into that. And that's the kind of work we did on that movie. We, we worked very much off of, uh, it was a sort of. Uh, I, I would. I would. Uh, I would. I would state that it'd be a closer to a Jackson Pollock for us. Yeah. So there was just spread it on the canvas. Let's go, and feeling as if you can do it every day. And it was. It was. It was uh, an extraordinarily painful encounter with creativity because the result was I simply literally almost went bad during the process of filmmaking. You know, I, I broke a bone in my hand. Because Oliver wanted me to be rougher with the camera, and I had to charge the cells if I was, I don't know, I forgot whether it was Mickey or Mallory, charging the cell and headbutting the cell, and, I, and my hand broke, you know, and thumb broke, and he laughed, it was quite funny, and then we were, we were shooting another sequence, and we were shooting simultaneously with Larry McConkie on Steadicam, shooting a sequence inside the prison. He was doing a frontal two-shot two pullback, and I would steal with a 16-millimeter side-angle pieces of the dialogue. I turned... At the very last moment, too late, and the camera myself went straight into uh, a cell, and a large bubble burst in my eye, like the size of a golf ball, just below the eye, uh, below my right eye, where the eyepiece went into me. And it felt like a boxer, you know, just this giant thing. And Oliver looked at me, and he started laughing. Now, I could barely see. My eye was closed. All I could see was this big thing. So I was so fucking pissed off at him. You know, we have to remember also, when he started his career, he was a screenwriter. He wrote right. fucking Scarface, Year of the Dragon. So he wrote I, Scarface? He wrote Scarface. I hate to yes. sound like an idiot here, but wait, what? Yes, Oliver Stone wrote the screenplay for Scarface, yes. Are you fucking serious? I'm dead serious. Wow. So, Lucky yeah, okay. so like, I, hate to, I hate to be like the, the guy that doesn't know that, but that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, he did, he's done a bunch of like iconic, but he did uh, Scarface, Conan the Barbarian. He wrote that the first, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane fucking screenwriting career. My, my favorite is uh, still for his screenwriting credits is Year of the Dragon. It's this insane neo-noir set in Chinatown, New York in the 80s. And it's all about, again, it goes back to his obsessions kind of carry over with different movies he does. Because, you know, the Golden Triangle also comes into this as well. Because that's yeah. all about, like, how they bring fucking cocaine into New York and shit. But, oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, with National Born Killers, it really feels like between the production of that, all the controversy, he really lost his motherfucking mind. Because, like, yeah. it, it, like, this film has is shot the exact same way that movie is. 
where it's yeah. all in different film stocks, all edited crazily. The thing yeah. I love about, I kind of loved about this movie is like from a narrative standpoint, it makes no fucking sense, but as a technical exercise, <laughs> as a fucking like piece of filmmaking and editing, this is, this is unreal what he put together with this fucking thing. It's very striking. Well, you know? The scene I and, love is you know. when they go to visit Mao. <laughs> oh yeah my favorite oh, yeah. scene in this entire movie where he tells going back to Henry Kissinger he's talking about Henry Kissinger I want to know your secret my secret Mr. Jim <laughs> how a fat man gets so many girls <laughs> power Mr. Chairman is the ultimate aphrodisiac. <laughs> it's just one of the most, that's so fucking great. And the other scene, Kissinger also is like, Your writings have changed the world, Mr. Chairman. Bullshit. My writings mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> he yeah, portrays Mal this... like an absolute Chad in this movie. I kind of loved it. I mean, this is this is nineteen seventies Mal when he's like dying. So yeah. he's like, yeah, fuck it. I've, I've done what I wanted to yeah, do. The, yeah, the whole screw. mass murder kind of was out of his system at that point. <laughs> yeah, and, and Nixon also goes into this um, the beast of like Vietnam's completely out of his control. When even though he wants to stop it, he just can't. Which yeah. is, uh, which yeah. is, I mean, no one wanted that war. That was a part of it. It was all like we talked about this with Oppenheimer. Truman wanted this like fucked up war against the communists. We gotta kill them all. And everyone else yeah. is like, dude, this is this is crazy. What you're fucking doing? Why are we going to a country we have no business going to, trying to end communism? Well, I mean, it's it's sort of endemic to in the Cold War. I mean, you you especially. And this is a, a ruling class thing, you know. The American ruling class. There was, you know, there was a lot of of, of people. There's sort of, sort of like to tie it back, sort of like with with Elon Musk. People who believe the bullshit. Communism, like the anti-communism. And we all know this, but this is a, uh, you know, it's a tool that the elites use to smash, you know, and red bait. And it's not even usually explicitly communists that get caught up in anti-communist actions. I mean, it is a lot. And, but, but, you know, the people who really wanted these wars of extermination, you know, like general anti-communism is sort of was sort of just the, the order of the day. And, you know, people to varying degrees used it to suit themselves. And, you know, the, um, the, the, the real cold warriors were the true believers. And there weren't really, I mean, they, you know, McCarthy is obviously, you know, the example that comes to mind of like a true believer, but he was domestically focused. Kennedy was a true believer of anti-communism as like a, from a, from a liberal standpoint of like, we actually have to do something for these poor people. And, you know, um, that's, you know, in, in that sort of cold warrior, um, thing is usually not as, as bloodthirsty as uh you know the johnsonite the uh who is not really a true believer but you know it's just kind of like well all right fuck it we're here all right they're, they're, here's my dick i'm gonna bomb cambodia or, they're, 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 i'm gonna bomb uh, south vietnam there were it's, there were, it's the difference between like the cia and the fbi the fbi is uh comprised of like these conservative goons like j edgar hoover and the cia is made up of these like liberal uh intellectual elites like dick helms 
and it's just the like raw contrast between like, the two. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We've uh, sat talking here many times. I oh was, yeah, I was oh, thinking. Of, I was thinking about this when I watched this movie. Oh, my homies hate Jay Edgar. Yeah, fuck Jay Edgar. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> I don't. I hate to kink shame, but considering he kink shamed us, fuck him. Fuck him. Yeah, uh, yeah, fuck right. Jay. Edgar. He had he had fucking compromise on people as he was doing that shit. It's like, amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. He almost got to respect the the sheer gall to do that to to literally throw stones from a glass house like he did. He he fired stones from a fucking cannon at, at the world from his glass house. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's kind of insane, but I mean, you know, really. It, it, but that's it, it, that that goes back to the anti-communism thing. That's used to suit his ends, and it also is. A, a deeply personal thing for a lot of these people. Like, um, it's kind of a throwaway line, but when Nixon said, I've spent years building my anti communist credentials, and that's sort of indicative of like, Nixon wasn't a fucking believer. No. Nixon didn't give a fuck, and, and Kissinger also didn't give a fuck. I mean, you know, anti Soviet is not anti communist, and just for the sake of it. And clearly, you know, once re- it, it, it's insane that. You know, once the Kissinger po- uh, policy, you know, the real politic enters the uh, official, like, security state apparatus and sort of infects it, and, you know, they, uh, you know, they evolve and, you know, sort of, I, I mean, that's when they actually beat communism, <laughs> you know, yeah, is when they, yeah. you know, they realize yeah. that the best way to do it is to drive that wedge internally in all you can. They did that with Yugoslavia, they did that with China. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, You've got that fucking Sam Watterson line of like, these fucking operations are organic. They start off as one thing and over time just become something else. Like how yeah. fucking um, the Bay of Pigs just turns yeah. into the uh, JFK assassination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I oh, was, yeah. I, I was thinking about this uh, just to go back to the film. When we talk about all these people, so, this is the weirdest cast I've ever seen for a motion picture. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. Like you have Anthony Hopkins as Richard Nixon, which is already which was an insane choice. It really is dream Nixon. I would say though he gets yeah. the mannerisms down perfect. I give, oh yeah, I give oh, him that. He goes, he goes Phil fucking Hogg. We talked about Secret Honor and um, who fucking no, does Phil that again? Baker Hall, who doesn't look yeah, like he, Nixon he, he he doesn't do an impression. He doesn't wear makeup. Uh, Hopkins as like Phil Nixon here. He's got the teeth. He's got the fucking nose. He's doing the haw constantly. Have, have you seen um, Secret Honor, uh, Snow? I have not. Oh, you need to watch it. There's a scene. Oh yeah. Richard Nixon looks at a portrait of Henry Kissinger and yells at him. What the hell are you looking at, fucking Kissinger? You son of a bitch. You wrote that I was praying for guidance after the Watergate on the rug that the Shah gave me. <laughs> Wait until Deep Throat tells the American people the truth about Dr. Shitass. Yes, Dr. Shitass took a fortune from the Shah, and how you and the other guy fixed the Shah up in New York with a bunch of nice young boys. That's right, Henry. Deep Throat is going to thrush again, and you are going to get yours. I made you, and I can break you, you slimy, two-faced, brown-nosed, ass licking crowd son of a bitch <laughs> yeah. it's one of the it's one of the greatest like it's on youtube it's for free i'll probably post a, uh uh it on the show notes because it's for free until fucking youtube takes it down i don't care but it's it is like for me the ultimate richard nixon movie this is pretty <clears> good too but like that is like it because they bring up Bohemian Grove. They bring up really um, his his like I could have beat fucking Kennedy. I could have done all this shit and like it's him like like literally the night before he's about to resign. He's yelling into a tape recorder. It's not based on any historical thing, but it's like 
him kind of having this midlife crisis slash reckoning with himself in a drunken haze. It's it's amazing. Well, that sounds fucking phenomenal. It is awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. absolutely going to do that as soon as I'm uh, finished here. We have a whole episode on it, and it's fantastic. Oh, well, then I'll watch it's, that after I watch the movie. Yeah. It's, it's the, like, our Nixon movie, whereas this, this movie is good, and Hopkins is good as Nixon. But um, yeah. it's weird because there's not that many Nixon movies now that I think about it. There's, there's like there's one with Kevin Spacey where he's like hanging out with Elvis, played by Jesus Michael Shannon, Christ. and like some other really like, two others. Yeah, and that's there, like, yeah. There, there was like a low budget movie they did with by the Kevin Spacey playing Richard Nixon. I'm still debating which <laughs> one of these men is worse. Probably. Yeah, well, they nailed it, but didn't they? I hate to say it, I'll probably go Nixon. I don't know if Nixon's molested any kids. At least, like, at least not publicly information that we know of, unless you dig into some, right. some well, shit. But fucking Snell and I were talking behind the scenes of, like, Nixon's probably the most boring president. He, he, he's oh, just yeah. this, like, dour, grey, fucking Quaker asshole. I, I think, I think when you, like, on the surface he is, but when you really get into his, like, weird psychology, his family life, and what he was dealing with when he was president, there's such a fascinating... I can see why he's, he's fascinated people. Like, if you've ever also yeah. read Frost Nixon, that, that other... That's one of the few other Nixon movies out there where they, they bring up the, the myth that he called Frost like the night before an interview and said we should kill those motherfuckers because that's one of my favorite themes about richard nixon he would get drunk and threaten to nuke countries north korea is the yeah. very famous one which my, that's aw i wish donald trump had that credit other than just oh, yeah. going on twitter shit posting like that's way no. more fucking exciting well, well oh, trump yeah. also did that but he was just like e-begging for votes yeah, he was just like, if you find a couple thousand votes for me, it'd be uh, very good for both of us. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nixon, <laughs> fucking Richard Nixon is just like, actually, we just bombed the shit out of them right now. Uh, welcome. He's like, oh, welcome. We'll, we'll just fucking, we'll, we'll bomb Cambodia, we'll bomb Laos, we'll bomb them all. We'll fucking uh, use a big one on fucking Hanoi. Like, he's so, like, fuck you, suck my teeth. He's just such a bitter, misanthropic individual. And, you know, I, th I feel like that. You know that, that that is effectively captured, and uh, that's the, what I like about Oliver Stone is he never like I have I have my opinions of Oliver Stone. I think he, you know, his son's a fucking sovereign citizen. I don't know if you know that. <gasps> oh, dude, he had a, he went on Infowars, and I watched it, and it's one of the most like, how the fuck can you be Oliver Stone's son and believe any of this shit? It boggles my. <laughs> by the way, that's my dream. We talked about fuck Trump. I want Alex Jones to be Oliver Stone's last movie. That whole. Psychodrama's oh. got to be awesome. You, I, I, you know, I definitely, I could see that. I, but you know, it's it's hard to when these um uh, when these figures are existing in not only the modern era of like constant high definition recording, yeah, but you know proliferation of said recordings on mass media all the time. Um, you know, not only is it in like already the visual zeitgeist right and it's it but it's embedded in like recent cultural cult, uh, cultural memory to such a degree and yeah, no. and also yeah, just... there's such a alex jones and trump are such a such, such like spectacular figures you know they they are alex jones i i listen to a lot more infos than you guys do like because I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I find him like a paul schrader protagonist my favorite video of all time is <laughs> when, i'm not even kidding like paul schrader would do it because he's 
he, that video, I'm sure you've seen it, where he is sitting alone in a dark room. Someone's recording on this fucking single camera. He's like, I wish I never fucking met Trump. Part of me, the selfish part, wishes I'd never met Donald Trump, wishes that I'd never met Roger Stone. Because unlike previous things I'd done that were game changing, those were just time-space continuum reflections of the third big change I was going to be involved in. And that was bringing Donald John Trump into Austin. So I'm going to say that again. I said Austin into office. Because this is, you guys are asking really good questions. This is going to be a really good thing. But I'm going to say it again in a minute. Strengths of us are a mile for us to say it. Because it, it, it's, 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 it's the truth, and I'm just going to say it, that I wish I never would have fucking met Trump. I wish it never would have happened. And it's not that the attacks that I've been through. It's I'm so sick of fucking Donald Trump, man. God, I'm fucking sick of him. And I'm not doing this because it's like I'm kissing his fucking ass, you know? It's just like I'm sick of it. Like having this, like, rare moment of self-reflection that humanizes this man who you cannot humanize at all. And yeah. I find that... I find that so compelling, like, because I, I do, oh, yeah. I'll say this right now, I've seen episodes of a show where he did, like, an AMA, he got drunk randomly, like, blackout drunk, and then yeah. started crying that his wife was getting custody of their children. She goes on TV and she says, Alex, Alex Jones hates women, Alex Jones attacks children, and she sits there with no soul, like, nothing matters. They call you an unalloyed racist. And then I no sit group. there and I put up with her saying that to me, but I did nothing to her. That's why she can't be beat. Because she doesn't have a soul. Oh, and she, you can't beat somebody doesn't have a soul. You can't beat somebody doesn't have a mama or a daddy who doesn't stamp. She doesn't have God with her. What would you say if she were here right now? I'd say nothing. I'd say you go on air and you say I attack children and you say I hate you and you say I don't want to I want to destroy you and you say that I'm attacking children and you don't show the proof. You're this corporate whore who sits up there with all this power and you think in the final equation you have turned me into what you say I am to steal my soul. So how does it feel when you get up every morning and you read the shit about yourself every day, then you look in the mirror and you're not that person? That must be a big disconnect between the hate and the authenticity, right? You're right, Paul. It is a big disconnect. I've known you 20 years. And all we're trying to promote is freedom. And I don't feel sorry for myself, but... Let me tell you, when the lawyer for Twitter is saying you're beating kids up and she doesn't show proof, and you, it's like, it's like how these people like attack you and stab you in the fucking gut and they never take responsibility for what they've done. Mm -hmm. Why do they hate you so much though, Alex? What is it about you that they hate? I like that music. <laughs> no one stopped this. 
No one said, hey, She's taking the fucking kid. Yeah, she, try, she doesn't have God. Like, just this complete... And my favorite is um, Paul Joseph Watson, who's like his... Uh, he's like his oh, yeah. Is Prison plan. No, it's the only time I've ever felt pity for this man. He's sitting there. I wish I will post a clip of this because he is sitting there next to his boss deeply uncomfortable like are you okay man like like in hu- like again there there is still a humanity there that you can't get with trump because trump's persona is, is so fucking uh, like I, I blame QAnon for kind of destroying yeah. like whatever but some presidents can have that persona like nixon does in particular and like yeah. everything you can read about him like the quaker family shit and the his yeah, relationship the, with the, his mom the, is the fucking flashbacks to his like brothers just dying on mass because Say so whatever you want about Nixon, he has like a somewhat sympathetic character, but what he goes on to do is just completely fucking evil. No, it's right. I think it's again, it goes down to the fact that I I don't know if he just didn't care or if he's just kind of burnt out. But that's that's always been the fascinating thing about Nixon for me as a human being. You've got that fucking scene where he's looking at the portrait of a uh, JFK, and he's yes. like, and they look at you. They see what they want to be. This fucking self-pity, yeah. fucking movie, yeah. just man. That, that's what I love. And by the way, just to go back to the the cast, I gotta we got a little side thing there. The cast here, I just gotta read this because this is weird as fuck. Paul Servino is Henry Kissinger. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, man? For those, yeah, guys, it, it took a minute for me to get that. It was like, huh? There's a weird like, and the JFK is the same way. Like John Candy's playing a serious role in that movie, which is an awesome scene for those who remember that, but. Yeah, you have Powers Booth as Hag. You have E.G. Marshall. You have all this this weird fucking cast. It's like I don't know how the fuck these people got together. To the do absolute this. best is still fucking James Woods as a Bob Holderman because if you know anything oh, yeah. about James Woods, these guys are fucking like pretty much the exact same. Like, oh yeah, they didn't even have to it. write his lines. They just let James <laughs> Woods be James Woods because they're not Americans. Yeah, right. They don't trust. They don't trust America. Why would they? Hmm? They just come here to stick their snouts in the trough. Who are these people? Salzburger. Their parents are gold traders from Eastern Europe, with all due respect, Henry, and they buy things. They come here to New York City and they buy up things, and one of the things they buy, Mr. President, is the New York Times. You know what? You should be proud, because they'll never trust you, sir. Because we speak for the average American. And that's what's so striking is it, it like you forget that he's supposed to be fucking Haldeman. Half the time I'm just like James Woods. That's just fucking James Woods if he was and you know then that exact yeah james woods now basically yeah it's like that's that's james woods now like he grew into like fucking uh fucking haldeman like it's it's fucking insane did did you see oppenheimer i actually fucking haven't dude i'm so fucking i i've been this is one of my favorite things that we've talked about on this blew my fucking mind when i I actually told uh jordan this and it takes a lot to blow his mind he's an executive producer on oppenheimer Really? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was like a different James Woods, no, it's but it's like, no, it's that James Woods. If Vince, you go like, on IMDb, fuck? it's his picture. It's his profile. Fucking, wow. How the fuck does he get involved in like a fucking biopic about a communist scientist? I don't fucking understand that. <laughs> My theory right. is he wrote all Strauss's dialogue. <laughs> all that shit. Like... <laughs> Because, yeah, that's what I believe. But, um, yeah, no. But, I, I, by the way, the, going to James Woods, I love that scene where they're at the debate 
and he seems saying, don't cut to the black man. Don't cut to the black man. You are building your campaign on the divisions in this country. Stirring up hatred, turning people against each other. What the fuck's he doing? He's making a speech. Cut him off. Cut him off. A real dialogue. This isn't Russia. He sounds like a Negro. He's saying all these Negro things. What's he doing? He sounded white when he screamed. Well, he doesn't sound white now. He sounds like Angela Davis. And then they have this, like, in wild back and forth, uh, the, the, the audience member Nixon. There are divisions in this country. That's because you created them. I did not create them. The Democrats did. If it's dialogue you want, you're more likely to get it from me than from the... Uh, people are burning down the cities. Just think about that. The great Dr. King said the same thing. Oh, please. No young man who a great hero is? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Because uh-huh. he believed in common ground. He brought this country together. I love him. I want to send her for you've got that agitator in your fire. I don't know if you can see her, but there's a little girl sitting over here. A little girl sitting down here with a spook. And I've noticed this when I rewatched this, how little politics has changed because he keeps saying like, yeah, all those people who enslaved you, they're the people that aren't me, but I will save you. (laughs) It's the exact same fucking thing. Like my favorite thing now is like, I see people all the time talk about like the Nazis were Democrats. I'm like, no. Yeah. No. Uh, I've heard that line of argument. Yeah. yeah, And and fuck you. That's not political. Read about the goddamn fucking history of that party. Yeah, the fucking Nixon did the Southern Strategy, just this like massive palette swap of the fucking Democrats and Republicans, and it's like the 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 reason why the Republicans are so fucked up now is because of Richard Nixon. Yeah. No, it's fascinating how that party has deteriorated over decades. Well, you know, Nixon was the last president that was really. Not uh, it, well. I mean, you know, the last civilian president, right? Yeah. Or the last one that wasn't a puppet. That, you know. Yeah, that wasn't the, a military yeah. boy or wasn't a rich yeah. guy. You know. Yeah. He he, well, he, I mean, he, he was not fucking neck like, Literally the director yeah. of the CIA. You know, like the head of the like, uh, you know, the, the the sword of of uh, imperialism. You know, all, all of these, all of these, and and then his gaily preppy fucking son or whatever, whatever he was. He's a yeah. year in my head. That's another. My, my, my favorite Nixon story is still him, um, George H. W. Bush were both in Dallas when uh, JFK got his brains oh, blown yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bill Paxton was there. Anything's possible. So <laughs> I'm not kidding. Look that up. Bill Paxton was there as like a baby. Mm. Why do you think he died at like 50? Maybe he saw too much. James Cameron said, "Tell me what you know, Bill," and then they killed him right afterwards. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh god. That's pretty funny. I, I love I love conspiracy culture like that. Cause you can make anything crazy like that if you believe it hard enough. That's why QAnon's ruined conspiracy shit for me. Like yeah, it's not oh, fun yeah. anymore. It's not fun anymore. It used to be like no. Bigfoot was like trained by the CIA. That shit doesn't exist anymore. No, no, no. Well, I mean it it, it sort of morphed into uh, like all, all of these conspiracy like conspiracism as a belief is and i like i mean we all we all like we all like to have jokes here we like that fun uh but like i mean it's all it, it's just like the people on death row we like observe through like in like their little glass cages and social media that they build for themselves and you know continue to like throw feces at the walls and it's all rooted in a, 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 a like an unwellness mentally or, or in an, an unsoundness of mind at least yeah. um, it's so funny and like, it doesn't help that they've like become overtly political jfk right. getting got by the cia transcends right. politics whether it's right. q and on it's like purely partisan 
Yeah, no. Oh, what, yeah. What, what gets me is like you think about how because going back to QAnon, QAnon's fascinated me is like a weird turning point in American culture because like I compare it to like how many of those like if you've ever seen Jesus Camp, how many of those pastors who hated gays were got got with male prostitutes. Yeah, and I oh, I feel like QAnon's that for people with criminal records. Because if you look at how many like QAnon influencers have a criminal record or have a history of abusing their own children, it's it's troubling. You're like, good God. I think it's like a, a coping mechanism almost for some of these guys. It, it fascinates yeah. me, man. I just... Because I've talked about guys on this show who've like believed in QAnon and then murdered their families. I'm like, how do you get to that point from a through line yeah. from fucking Pizzagate to the... I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. Well, I mean, it's a sort of false consciousness that reaches critical mass, and it explodes at everyone. And, you know, I mean, this sort of insane mental illness that is just pervading, and, and I mean, especially in the case of QAnon, like like the, the whole lizard people thing, it's not like a... That, you know, and not I, not all of it is like a Jew thing, you know, like and I'm not defending lizard people as like a concept or whatever, but, you know, like that early 90s sort of strain of like alien stuff and, you know. That's yeah. the end of history. Yeah. So we get stuff like the X-Files and Men in Black and stuff like yeah. we've transcended politics so something has to fill that void when yeah. it's now like it's just devolved into QAnon. Well, I, well, no, I was saying that 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 that's, that it was a sort of reaction to like the well, yeah, like you said, it's like well, you know, the, the communists are gone. The you know, there's no like American culture really divide, like sort of politically kind of whatever. Like things are good, so politics doesn't matter. That's the American way. It's, but QAnon is, I think, an inversion of that, and it, it, it's like it, it's an alien, like it's been injected. It's not an orga organic. It's not organic. Oh, no. um, you know, it's not. It, it like it's actively abetted at high levels of authority, and it's being used as a way to sort of. Well, I mean, and you know, we we know that people in positions of authority, especially the FBI and uh, other law enforcement agencies, but principally like the FBI, uh, are active in encouraging domestic terrorism it's sort of political you know it's being weaponized against you know the left uh and or liberals or whatever but it's also a sort of it's self-serving in a way that it will induce mass like it anything that in, induces mass hysteria mass panic shootings do that um QAnon does that you know when you see these crazy fucking people it makes you kind of not want to pay attention to it all, right? It's, it's like right after 9-11 when the FBI would just cruise around for like mentally unstable Muslims and gas them up to fucking come out terrorist right. attacks. And it justifies their inflated budgets, which in turn justify their inflated salaries, which keep them at a comfortable level of living. So a lot of this is, I mean, it, you know, they are acting from a class perspective. They're acting according to their class interests, yeah. but they don't, they may not necessarily be conscious conscious of that in a political way. They too are sort of imbued with this false consciousness. Um, but it's it's not of the mentally unstable variety. It's of the consumerist like mass. What they want is genuinely it's the split again between the cold warriors, the people who fucking believe, the true believers, the people that are really like you know uh, about the shit. And, you know, the people that are just like, eh, well, you what? know, I really fucking vote, well, you know the, what I mean? The, the Cold War we people, 
the Cold War never ended. It just they just changed um, who they were going after. Yeah. It's the same yeah. with the Satanic Panic. It used to be like right. Dungeons and Dragons and video games. Now it's like gay people. It doesn't go away. It just well, 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 even back then, even back then, the Satanic Panic in the sixties like targeted gays. Like a lot of yeah. like you know, yeah. lesbians in particular. Like a lot of lesbians died because of this stuff in the 60s because well, fucking insane christians like took this shit it, way too well, far so it's also like it was the embarrassment if you've ever read about the mcmartin school trial and how embarrassing yeah. that was for that whole movement it kind of killed it kind of killed the movie for those who don't know about the mcmartin school trial basically a bunch of crazy christian moms got their kids to lie that they were abused by this school and then actual police got involved and it got really fucking messy because it's all fun and games when you're doing it for political clout. But when the police are actually putting you in an interrogation room, you're like, oh, shit, right. man. I, I didn't know. I was fucking around, dude. I, I just. Yeah, it's, it's like the fucking, um, was it like one of the founders for Moms for Liberty or something yeah. got like got off a pedophilia recently. No, she got got having a lesbian threesome with her husband who's also uh, possibly a rapist, which. Uh, that, oh, yeah, yeah. well, okay. Well, see, that's the only part that's like. Because, I mean, hey. Yeah, no, I'm all I'm not for... to my own horn, but, I mean, hey, we've all been there, right? I'm, like, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> rape's one of those things. You just say it. No, no, yeah. not, not that, of course. <laughs> we haven't yeah. all been there, hopefully. No, hopefully no. not. I assume that we're, we're all in, like, company here. Like, uh, so... Yes. We'll, we'll draw the line of threesomes anything beyond that is like mm. yeah I'm, I'm just saying as soon as four or more people lies too much bodily fluid for me to handle i gotta leave i'm sorry a <laughs> I, I, I think i think once you go beyond like three people that's too much it's like uh there's, uh, there's too many hands going on nah, nah. i mean like involved with you personally I, yeah that's too I, many that's too many I, but I, I, it, 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 there's an atmosphere there that it, it's kind of like, all right, all right, well, cool. This is kind of like a, it, it's like a cup. I'm like a very competitive person, right? And I, I'm like, like if I'm playing pickup ball, I'm the guy that's like going fucking hard, like fucking fouling people and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to win. So I'm looking around. I'm like, all right, like I gotta do better than this guy. He's looking okay. at me. Like, what are you looking at, motherfucker? You know, you, you know, you just it's just that fucking scene from Eyes Wide Shut, but Snell's in the robe of the mask, fucking packing <laughs> people. But... You know, it's it's definitely, and it's weird. Like, I definitely would not want like to be. And obviously, let's assume that at these rich people parties with orgies, they're not with uh, uh, children. Uh, and let's assume that we're all consenting adults who want to be there and whatever. It's like it's not weird. I still wouldn't. That's not my. That's not my bag, baby. The, the one time that I've done that was it was it was like a dingy apartment, you know. Uh, like it, it's definitely a. It's all about environment, and I feel like poor people and rich people do orgies very differently. Yeah. And the mm -hmm. the the poor people orgy kind of thing is way cooler because it's usually just kind of like a. Well, all right, fuck it. Like, I, I, I picture that, that, that's the, that's the fucking thing about ice wide shot is like you're going through all this just to have regular sex. Yeah. What? I, I, what? Why? For me, I yeah. picture it. I, I have a vision in my head, and I must share it because it's it's vivid. <laughs> I picture um, the poor people orgy to look like the scene. If you've ever seen the South Park episode, they took our jobs where they created a mountain of men fucking each other. <laughs> that's what i'm picturing and then i'm picturing like in the rich people orgy it's very like all right everyone to get in the missionary position and they do it in, like a conga line of like people yeah and like rows there's of, a whistle. rows of 10 and shit like either missionary or reverse cowgirl one of the two 
Mm. Or it's uh, or uh, Brian Gusner's right in society is just a documentary that was like that is the ultimate, shot off. By yeah. the way, that is the ultimate depiction of rich people uh depravity ever put on film. Brian Gusner's society, for those who have not seen that. Yeah, fucking, I, I would love, I would love to do like a Halloween episode of that because it's like, yeah, rich people are literal aliens who suck blood from people. Uh, if you've not, <laughs> if you've not seen this movie, uh, Snell, there's a guy who his his uh, face infuses with his asshole, so he has to um. spread his cheeks to talk. It's one of the most insane visuals you'll ever see in a movie. <laughs> That sounds fucking uh, tight, dude. It's brutal. No, no, no pun intended. It's awesome, but, but it, um, it's disturbing. It's fucking disturbing. That is disturbing. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, speaking, uh, speaking of disturbing, my favorite scene in Nixon is still Nixon's doing the fucking round table. This is like right before Watergate hits, and he's like fucking, he's got like his entire cabinet around him. Are we going to prosecute the hell out of Ellsberg and anyone else who wants to leak and, uh, that means any one of you here who crosses the line, I'm personally going after them, okay? The permissiveness of this year is over. The belts are coming off and people are going to go to the woodshed. We're going to fight just as dirty. This is sudden death, gentlemen. We're going to get them on the ground, stick in our spikes and twist and show them no mercy. So, uh, starting today, uh, no one in this room talks to the press uh, without checking first with Mr. Haldeman here. And uh, that means, Ron, complete freeze on the uh, New York Times, CBS, uh, PBS, Jack Anderson, and the Washington Post. Um, Mr. Haldeman is the chief high executioner from now on, so don't you come whining to me when he tells you to do something. That's me talking, okay? And if you do come to me, I'll be tougher than he is. Anyone who screws with us, his fucking head comes off. You got that? Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, and uh, good day to you. <laughs> I love that. I love. I love whenever that like like those are my favorite moments of this movie is when Nixon's just going off, or like yeah, yeah you know, it, uh, uh, my my personal favorite just uh, little little Nixonism is uh, when the when the transcripts are, are are out and you know they're editing. No, there's Nixon can't say that. Well, you did say it, sir. Never, I didn't say that. I never said that about Jews. Makes me sound like an anti-Semite. Well, we can check the tapes again. No need to check the tapes. I know what I said. Look at this. You lost your mind. Nixon can't... Look, Al. Nixon can't say this. Niggers. 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 Well, we can't say that. We could delete it. We're doing the best we can, sir. Well, it's not good enough. Well, would you have us um, black it out, sir? Well, we could. We could write expletive deleted. Can all these goddamn... And Jesus Christ, child. Jesus. Mr. President... Don't you see that all these uh, deletion marks in the transcript make it look as though you you do nothing but swear? And he just fucking <laughs> looks at him and just that fucking look is like... Ah! Right. Oh, it's so great. I love it. That's, that's one of those things I love that everyone wonders what the Watergate tape, the missing minutes were. I really do believe it was just him being racist or dropping yeah. some problems. Yeah. Like, he said, look at this, what I said about the Jews. I didn't say that. I know what I said. It, look at this expletive about it, black people. He's like, I didn't fucking him. say that. It was either him being like a massive anti-Semite or him just saying like, yeah, we, we tried to cure the Cuban government with the Bay of Pigs. Because <laughs> that, because that's the, like the way the, the movie kind of implies that Nixon just like says something he shouldn't have, and that's why it's not. Well, the, I mean, by uh, that point, record. by that point, is the the pressure was hitting him, and then the 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 stress of the you know I could possibly go to prison for this shit, and I do like the White House plumbers, Ed Harris, 
in the film plays Howard Hunt. Yeah, who... it's originally going to be uh, Bob Holderman and the uh, original casting. But yeah, James Woods just slips in there and gets it. Well, I mean, he, he ends <laughs> up, which is funny because the, if you know anything about the White House plumber, the whole breaking of water, how bad it was planned, how much of that shit was just like, they left shit like out in the open. Like, it's almost like they wanted to find this shit. Like, oh. Well, that's the theory that the CIA was just tired of Nixon because he was like going over their head with China and like f- fucking um, Gordon Luddy and Hunt were CIA guys. Yeah, like, yeah. like when they got caught, they just admitted to yeah, get with the CIA. So that is the theory that Richard Helms is like, yeah, fuck. He was it. involved like, with the fucking Bay of Howard Hunt was involved down. with the Bay of Pigs. Like it's yeah. not like he didn't have stock in this shit like that's why yeah. which i mean it, it feels it, 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 it the way you say that the cia it makes me think he's like america's caligula they did this because there was no other way to get rid of him it was either you know in this case frame him or do some stupid shit for on his name or yeah. kill him and his whole family like that's the scene. yeah the, the two options we have here well you yeah, know it's they... always an option among you know with like for american presidents in the deep state i mean or at least it always was. I mean, they're all criminals, especially like in that brief, uh, let's say Wilson on, you know, like World War One on, you know, you have like the the U.S. operating internationally um, and, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, in, enforcing, in, you know, its will in Latin America and, you know, Hoover, the Teapot Dome scandal, they all do crimes. They all. Oh, yeah, I know. So, but yeah, that's the weird thing about this movie. We're kind of all over the place somewhere, but that's kind of half the fun when we. <laughs> We're all like having a good time. We're talking. Is that is 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 it possible to even describe this film in conventional sense? Because it is like a cokehead fucking meltdown movie. Almost everything is just <laughs> swirling and. Made. It is sort of a psychedelic dream, you know. Down to Hopkins as as Nixon. Uh, it, it, it's sort of like if you dreamt uh, that you saw Nixon somewhere, that's what he would look like. I you feel know? like yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. I I, I think that's the. But that's what I mean that like, I think this movie is so weirdly compelling because it is like it's a three and a half hour movie made by a major studio by a guy who is about to be on his way out because oh, yeah. because Oliver Stone um, I bring this up his his like post career after this this is kind of his last real hurrah he does a movie called U-Turn which was like a weird like southern gothic New York noir with Sean Penn and fucking Jennifer Lopez and <laughs> yeah, that, I know, right? That's It's not good, by the way, heads up. If yeah. you're curious, then he does Any Given Sunday, which is kind of an awesome fuck the NFL movie. I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Excalibur and Alexander, which is... Oh, it's Ale- Alexander is such a weird movie. because Yeah, Alexander um, is fucking weird. There's just like five different cuts of that. And in each one, like uh, Oliver Stone's like an inveterate uh, homophobe. And if you see like any of the uh, Bob Hoskins, Jared Griffith or stuff, you can, you can kind of get that. Well, I mean, also, <laughs> I feel like he edits it based on where he is politically at that point. Yeah. He's done like five re-edits of this movie and like for the last 20 years. And he um, does that, yeah. But that yeah. movie kind of put him in for a while because he does like, he does W, which we talked about, which was... yes. It's a very like I don't want to say bland, but it's a it's very, like conservative compelling. movie. It's yeah. not as compelling as it should be. Nah. Uh, he does World Trade Center with Nicolas Cage, which is another oh, yeah. it's safe movie. But the movie I love that he did like in his post weird Hollywood Exodus is Savages. You guys ever seen this movie? No, it's, yeah, it's it, it kind of came and went. It is his attempt at like a Tony Scott movie. Everything is just lit in neon. It feels like his like he's trying to go back to natural born killers because there's like a lot of that where like like intercut with like weird 
conversations about how the American government makes the cartel situation in Mexico worse. It's Benicio del Toro raping a woman and then cutting a guy's head off with a chainsaw. You're like, holy fucking shit. Uh, Oliver Stone there, objectively true. He he is like, he's up there with Jim Cameron in terms of like all time like great left wing directors. Oh, he's, he's like, yeah. The, the, the way he portrays his politics is insane, but he's like objectively correct on like nearly everything he's you know, put out there. Savages, if you can get past all the insane sexual and physical violence, is how the fuck did this dude get forty five million dollars from Universal to do this? <laughs> awesome. He he fucking it bombed on purpose. It's like fuck it. I will never do another studio film again. Let's fucking go out with a bang. And then he did some like Edward Snowden movie with Joseph Gordon Levitt, and that was like his last was, one. That's such a boring movie. I tried watching yeah. that. It was just kind of very like, dull. You know, yeah, he, just he, watch Citizen he, Four. It's the best Edward Snowden piece you could watch. Snowden's interesting because he kind of fits into the whole like America bad, um, oh, like filmography of uh, of Stone. I don't want to say he's like a flag waving patriot, but he does have this like weird fucking like attachment to America as he, an idea. He likes to imagine America when he was a child. That idyllic, oh, yeah, like, yeah. like he he the JF. That's why I think JFK was so personal for him. He took that. That was a turning point in his life. Like, this country will never be the same after this. And I feel like he he views America through a very cynical lens. Like I said, even going yeah. back to even back to Platoon. Or natural born killers. He's a very, he's very. I'll say this: he, you can disagree with his politics. You can think he's a weirdo. He's honest and he's very open about how he feels, even though he portrays his ideas through the craziest shit you could possibly imagine. But that honesty is so rare to see, especially from a director oh, yeah. who survived the Hollywood system like he did. And Vietnam. That's why Platoon is so effective, man. All that shit. Oh, yeah. Tom Berenger putting a gun to that child's head. He saw that shit in real life. Oh yeah, That's well you know, and shit he saw. I I've interviewed a lot of uh, Vietnam veterans for a, you know an unrelated project that I'm working on, and they all share when you know there are obvious exceptions, but um, you know I think a lot of them have a very cynical view of not only just like the country as an entity, uh, like the people in it maybe, and but you know also of you know the government that represents it of any of them, of and the idea of uh, it, it, a very sort of nihilistic attitude is very pervasive among uh, uh, among Vietnam veterans. Well, and, I mean, uh, you, you think about uh, what they did when they were there uh, and how little changed. Or, or, I mean, you know, it's it is that, but they, like that doesn't really, as a common denominator, bind all of them together. No, Not all of but, them. But, 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 and not even because I'm sticking up for them is like, oh, well, they didn't all do that. But I'm sticking up for them because the fact that most of them didn't want psychosis. to be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I feel like it doesn't really explain the psychosis that, that uh, the, or the, the psychosis there, but the, uh, like the nihilism there, because it, it, it's not um, necessarily, a re it's a reaction well, to more the ugliness, I think, that, and, and, you know, the 60s in general was a very, uh, it was a time of upheaval, and it was ugly. Yeah, it was beautiful, oh, but it was ugly. Oh, yeah. And you know, Vietnam is one of the ugliest parts of that. And I feel like a, a, a sort of a, a thing that really ties all of it together is the idea of having no choice in, in, in your life in anything, because at any time you're at the mercy of a couple doctors, uh, you know, who will deem you physically appropriate, and then you know, a ball getting picked, and 
then all of a sudden you're knee deep in fucking mosquito infested fucking malaria water in the fucking Mekong Delta with fucking people you've never even seen shooting at you being in some stinking fucking hot jungle in a tent cooking gruel for fucking people that are getting fucking murdered like I think it's all a very like I don't think necessarily because I mean it's it certainly was a war of aggression uh, 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 a war of aggression but it was certainly not a war fought entirely by aggressors it it, you know it was a war that chewed up and spat out an entire generation of young men and it's, and, it's no different uh, yeah. than what happened in Iraq and the same Absolutely. The exact same fucking thing happened. Well, that's the thread that I'm actually exploring in the project. And you know, as a consequence, I've also been interviewing Iraq, uh, a few Iraq veterans. It's, the, the, main, the main difference is the uh, the draft. Like Vietnam yeah. was the last draft war, whereas yeah. yeah. uh, Iraq was purely voluntary. Vietnam was like a turning point for the American deep state. It was like, we've lost yeah. this war and we've also lost like an entire, like a whole generation of people like because you have vietnam um not going well we have watergate uh nixon's the first president to get impeached um richard helms uh the only yep. cia director to get um prosecuted yeah which yep. is fucking insane to think about that insane. one insane. time in history a, a cia director actually faced some fucking consequences god damn oh my god the fact that the fucking uh the dulles brothers uh, like and see then you know, I'm like, you know, I, I you know, I, I've talked about, you know, the death penalty is something that I vehemently oppose. And then the Dulles brothers enter the chat. I'm like, oh. have you ever read the Devil's <gasps> Chess Boards? Yeah. My God, there's this, that's, those fucking people, man. That's an absolute yeah. must read if you listen to this podcast. Go and read the Devil's Chess Board. Just some of the most oh, yeah. evil shit ever comprised by human beings. Um, oh, absolutely. But uh, we're, we're kind of running over time here. So uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Uh, what are your opinions on the film, guys? Would you recommend it to the audience? or? Yeah, I would. I think it's an exercise that's worth worth doing. It's it, it's other than you know like platoon, natural born killers, um, and some of the you know the more headliner uh, stone movies. You, you should watch it or you shouldn't, but it, and you know based on your preference. But like this one, JFK, W, the presidential ones, those are like you gotta watch. They, they are fascinating. You know, oh, yeah. uh, you know they're fascinating pieces. You know, I, 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 I think, think they're, they're, so, they're also radically different too because. Yeah. One is just about the aftermath of the assassination. One's right. kind of following the rise and fall. And then the yeah. other is just kind of a bland, like, I yeah. think it was made, what, when was W made? Like 2009, like right after? Uh, it's just like off. 2008, watching right after W leaves and that's followed. like, we, we can finally shit on this guy now. Yeah, <laughs> that he does not have power. That's kind of what it is. And he, he did, it felt like a director for everything because he didn't even write it. It was written no. by someone else, so it's a real like. And, I, I would kind of just skip W. There's interesting stuff, yeah, but it's I, not. That. I, I, I do enjoy W, but it, it doesn't have the sauce of a Nixon. No, no. it doesn't have no. the crazy like Bob There's Hoskins. Bob Hoskins at a fucking track thing talking about like. Yeah. That's one of the crazy <laughs> shit. Fuck man. Oh yeah. Yeah. This real like just saucy, and most of it's true if you know anything about Nixon. Oh yeah, that's why it's so fucking great. All of the expletives are just so perfectly placed. It actually like, and that's you know Hopkins. You know, I, I honestly like the physical resemblance to Nixon is like eh, you know whatever. But you know, I, I think they, they they do an okay job there. But like, just his, his impression is down so pat. Not in in you know whoever, uh, and you know like the, the like the writing is 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 just. 
like Nixon sounds like fucking Nixon. It's like you're watching him, you know. Yeah. No, that's, it's, that's very funny. good. And that's the thing. Very. A lot of uh, that's the thing. Like Gary Oldman doesn't look like Lee Harvey Oswald, but like right. he nails it. But he just becomes him. Yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of like. Uh, Speaking of Gary Oldman to to end this, Anthony Hopkins. I originally didn't want to do this because he's um he says like he's not good with American accents. And Oliver Stone was like, "Well, if you want to, I would get uh, Gary Oldman in." And Hopkins was like, "Fuck you, I'm doing this. You're, you're not giving this role to someone else." Oh, I didn't know that's fucking hilarious. Because oh, yeah, that's like, funny. There, there, there is an alternate universe where there is like yeah, Gary Oldman. Well, Gary, Gary Oldman got a shot to play Truman, so they both got to mm. play real pieces of shit. Like two of the most evil pre well, one of the oh. most evil presidents, one of the sadder ones, I'd argue. I, I, I didn't know Gary. I knew Gary Oldman was in it, but I didn't know he was playing Truman and that fucking scene, man. I was like, Wait, what? You think the bu- oh. Yeah, he's Harry Truman and Oppenheimer. And he's all talking ah. about, like, he's talking about, yeah, I bombed Japan. No one gives a fuck about you, son. Which yeah. made you cry? Like, he's playing like a complete asshole, which is what Truman yeah. truly was. Like, just a real. Jeez, I need to see that movie. You should yeah, watch it. It's, it's been so long, I can't even be like, oh, damn, fuck. But, like, shit, dude, I need to see that fucking movie. You, you love it. If you liked Oliver Stone stuff, it has a lot of Oliver Stone DNA. There's a lot of black uh-huh. and white flashback stuff. There's a lot of nice. kind of Nolan going mask off about how much he fucking hates everyone in this story. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Louis Strauss is portrayed like a fucking, like, supervillain. It's awesome. Well, that's you know. fucking awesome. Absolutely true. I mean. Yeah, no, that's why it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah one, one of the few uh, like cock blocked fucking um, like choices for secretary or something in the history. <laughs> it's, uh, man. Oh, uh, anyway, this was a fun episode. Join us next time for uh, well, we'll we'll, be, we'll do we'll try our best to uh, find something to do. Christmas is coming up. We've got a few interesting ideas planned, but we're gonna. We're kind of good. I find the shows that are best when we and follow I, I, st- I still want to do a Die Hard 2 because of the conscious <laughs> stuff in that. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we'll probably do that next. At least. <laughs> uh, very good. All right, fellas. Merry Christmas. Don't do drugs and, uh, you know, uh, free Palestine. And I want to say this to the television audience. I made my mistakes. But in all of my years of public life, I have never profited, never profited from public service. I've earned every cent. And in all of my years of public life, I have never obstructed justice. And I think, too, that I can say that in my years of public life, that I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. A few moments later. Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. Vice President Ford will be sworn in as president at that hour in this office.